0: Francis Schaeffer once wrote, art is a reflection of God's creativity and evidence that we are made in the image of God. Welcome to Warrior Talk, a podcast about leaders, teachers, and students, and the stories that bind us together in Warriorville. I'm Justin Smith, head of school at LRCA and your host of Warrior Talk. So let's talk arts. Okay, today I have before me members of the Fine Arts Department in Warriorville here in Warrior Hall. I have Travis K, I have June Hendren, and I have Melanie Buchanan, and we're going to talk about the arts. Travis.
1: Yeah, so I guess introductions first. My name's Travis K, and this is year two in Warriorville. I think years teaching. I think I'm somewhere around twelve. And uh, I've taught at a couple different private Christian schools um, over the years, spent a little bit of time in Alabama, uh, Alabama Christian Academy, and, and have been here in Arkansas since 2017. Um, and uh, it's been a joy.
2: Well, my name is June Hendren, and this is my 16th year in Warriorville. And if you count all my years homeschooling, I'm at nearly 30 years of teaching which makes me feel really old but Mm -hmm. uh, I have an English minor I was an English major for three years at the University of Central Arkansas and I married my high school sweetheart the end of my junior year so we moved to Texas and I graduated from the University of Texas at Arlington but I got a journalism degree Mm -hmm. so I kind of switched gears i also have two children two graduates of little rock christian one graduated haley in 2009 and kyle in 2012.
3: i'm melanie buchanan um this i think it's my 15th year at little rock christian if i count correctly um 15 and a half because i started in january so i've got this weird half year um and I've only ever taught at Little Art Christian. I took three years off taking care of kids. Um, so I've been here since January of 2006 and um, graduated from Lyon College in Batesville with a degree in art and English, started out teaching here as a senior English teacher and then moved over to the arts in uh, 2010. I started doing half and half, did that again in 2013 when I came back and um then was like, oh, the arts. That's where I live. That's my home. Uh, I've got three kids. All three of them go to school here. So I've got one in each building, a first grader in elementary, an eighth grader in the junior high, and then a sophomore here in the high school. So really um, love Warriorville. Love being a part of it as a parent and as a teacher.
0: Travis, you are the director of our choral program. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about... Choir, and then um, I really would love to dig into this idea of when you consider matters of the faith. How does Christianity influence art in your domain?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, it's very top of mind, I guess, for me today. We've got our uh, December winter concert tonight with our junior high and high school choirs, and so we're in the midst of you know the final layer of preparations for that today. And um, you know, I think the interesting thing about the performing arts and maybe even specifically choir, is that faith greatly informs what we do. It's it's the why, and you know, we talk about the why a lot. However, what's interesting about this context is that choir is also a language a lot of people speak in churches. And so it's a connecting point. A lot of our families, a lot of our parents, a lot of our faculty even are involved in possibly choir ministries or worship ministries at their churches, and that's kind of a fabric that that can connect us all. But then even in contexts of, of maybe all region choir performances and things like that, it's just always unique to be even in a more public space, but to be singing sacred music because it is so intertwined with the act of singing that you all, um, you can't remove it. And so I, I think that that's something that's cool for us. Obviously, we do a lot of sacred music. We do some music that's that's non-sacred. Um, but in general, this idea of us crying out, whether it be about um, love or whether it be about purpose, it always seems to come back to um, our relationship with God. I think it's really neat to be able to sing about it.
0: Thank you, Travis. And and June, I'd like to ask you the same question. Um, Tell us a little bit about the domain that you're in and how Christianity influences art in that domain.
2: Well, I'm sort of a hybrid in digital art and journalism and media arts kind of maybe more collectively. But obviously, the beauty in God's creation is kind of a foundation for that. But for my kids, I feel like it's mostly speaking the truth in their storytelling and learning how to identify those characteristics of Christianity as they honor other people in the stories that they're telling. I mean, we have the greatest story ever told that is our foundation. And they can look to how they treat people, how they work with others how they really put others above themselves in the way that they tell their stories whether it's video or written or visual in other ways and you just see that beauty come out in in the craft that they're doing
0: thank you june Uh, you're exactly right in how story draws us into this walk with jesus melanie i had the same question for you as an art teacher um, as a painter um, when you consider matters of the faith, how does Christianity influence art in your domain?
3: It, when I first heard that question, I just thought in every single way. Like there's mm-hmm. there's not a way that it doesn't influence what I do. So I teach the studio arts. So the more kind of when you think of art, that traditional section of art, um, painting, drawing, printmaking, and there's nothing that we do that's not influenced by our faith and our Christianity but so much of it stems from this this fact that we're made in the image of God. And so it's one of the first things we know about God is that God is creator. And then we find out, oh, we we have some similarities to God in some sort of way. And that's because we're creative. That's one of the ways that we're similar to God. So we talk a lot in my art class, especially this year, we've really focused on the fact that you can't create without being in touch with The source of all creation, and -hmm. that's our Creator. And, you know, we've talked about how even people who don't acknowledge that they're trying to connect to God in order to be creative, they talk about all these ways that they're trying to, you know, practice contemplation and they're trying to get into the flow and get to get into the zone well all that's i'm trying to find a way to connect to god in order to be able to create um so it just everything in our classroom comes back to and everything in our creative practices comes back to the fact that god is creator and so we can look to the world around and how beautiful it is but even we can look inside and say okay anytime i want to respond about any sort of emotion or ways that i'm feeling things that I want the world to know, all that is going back to, I can envision something in the world that I want to change or something in myself that I want to change because I have this creative ability to see a different possibility for the world. Mm.
0: Melanie, I think you're exactly right. And when I think of um, all of the people that make up Warriorville, we have many in our community who uh, appreciate art, appreciate looking at art and designing art. And when you walk into a museum um, and... It's amazing how we are drawn to artwork that transcends. Um, I just find it it's so amazing when you walk into a museum and you mm-hmm. see various forms of art, but it's those pieces that that transcend that were natural. It's like we have this longing um, to be connected to it. Thank you. Okay, Travis. In what ways do you develop collective and individual artistic skill and appreciation in
1: choir? I'll, I'll take two different angles for this. I think from a faculty perspective, I think being among other artists and remaining involved in opportunities for artistry, whether that's um, you know from performing to visual, whether it's having conversations with faculty and colleagues that just are continually inspired. I, I think that's what I think from a faculty perspective is that we're just, we, we always talk about these things. And, and like Melanie said before, everything is connected. It's all connected and, um, and it's so easy to have those conversations amongst such a strong faculty that we have. From a student angle, I think um, for me, this idea of the whole, the collective thing is something that's unique, at least for my context that, you know, it's, I'd say 90% of the time when you're rehearsing in a choir, it's just not about you. It's not about you. It is always about the group. It is about you fitting your sound into something larger than yourself. There's not a whole lot of self glory in it. Now, occasionally we have solos and things like that. And in moments where maybe one individual stands out to shine. But the largest part of what we do in ensembles is basically saying, let's make less of me, less of myself. And we, even as conductors, we really kind of want to get out of the way. We want to empower the kids to be able to be this this thing that operates and can only happen when they're all together. Um, and it's, and so that's, that's a unique thing. It, it develops a lot of self-discipline when you do it right. Um, and it's just healthy and, and very organic when it, when it hits. Right. But, um, that's, that's the things that come to mind for me. I think there's a lot of
0: selflessness because you have some incredibly talented singers, yes. individual singers. Yes. Um, but if they were not to listen to one another, yeah. um, how awkward that would sound um, just yes. to sing their hearts out without listening to one another. And so mm-hmm. you're really, to be the very best, it is a selfless act.
1: right?
0: June Hendren, same question to you. In what ways do you develop collective and individual artistic skill and appreciation in your domain?
2: In student publications, there is some similarities with Travis and choir in the selfless aspect of it, because we're a team. If one person doesn't do his or her job, then the product, the end product suffers. And I have always looked at it and try to teach my kids, too, that it's kind of like the body of Christ. We've all been gifted uniquely and intentionally and purposefully for the good of everyone. And that's what our product ends up being, whether it's a multimedia video or a new our new KLRC TV or LRC TV we were going to do KLRC but <laughs> or the yearbook as a whole you can see each individual in that but if they don't look at how they can honor others they have to do their work and they have to do it with excellence that God calls us to do right but if they don't honor others above themselves a lot of times the quality even inside the publication is, is lacking because we're all supposed to lift each other up and not just do it because we like this person or don't like this person. So it's trying to look at it from a, from a full perspective of God's kingdom, not ours.
0: And Melanie, how about for you? In what ways do you develop collective and individual artistic skill and appreciation?
3: So um, one of the things that I do most days, yeah, not every day, but we try to do most days. Um, we do a visio divina, which is um, it's an ancient Christian practice, just like the like the sacred reading. Only this is a sacred seeing. So we look at an image from art, and we just we're silent for a minute and a half. And the first you know week or two of school, when I first introduced this to Studio Art One kids, they're just like, oh my gosh. 30 more seconds. I'm not going to make it. It's an eternity. Um, it's an eternity <laughs> that minute and a half, but by week, like six or seven, I've got kids telling me, thank you. When are we going to do another Visio Divino? We, it's been three days. We'll, we'll bring it back, Miss B. Because they they long for that quiet and they don't have enough of it. But then it also provides me with this really great opportunity to start teaching them how to look at art. And how to read images. And like June was talking about, like the stories that are in images, we get to talk about how to analyze that because there is a visual language that is very clear and very easy to understand uh, if, you know, if you've know if you got the tools to be able to do it. And we've got to be able to understand those stories that are being told when we look at an image and then to be able to analyze, is that story true or is it false? Um, and so that's just kind of one of the ways that we work on that collective like being able to read something and look at it and understand what's being said and then individually and collectively we do a ton of experimentation in my class so i'm not really one of these teachers that i stand up in front of them and i'm like this is how you watercolor follow me step one we're gonna bob ross this whole painting i throw the watercolors out in the middle of the room and i'm like here go see what happens and then i throw some salt out on the table and i'm like what happens if you sprinkle salt on it and Somebody else comes along and is like, well, can we go try the rubbing alcohol? I'm like, yeah, go ahead, throw that in there. And just there's a lot of group working together. And when one person makes a discovery, they share it with the rest of the room. So they're really learning together and teaching each other.
0: You've cultivated that that collective work in each of your domains and um, we see the fruit of it. So my last question to you, what are your highest aims for your
1: students? I feel like this answer comes to me just from in the last couple days because you know you get you get close to a performance or any sort of moment where things need to arrive and it's very easy to get uh, nitpicky it's very easy to want to chase perfection and all the things and i just had this feeling yesterday we we were rehearsing with the high school choir and and i communicated this to them but i really felt it And, and i i just said guys thank you so much like thank you so much for just the way we've just worked for the past, you know, 80 minutes because I just love you guys and I'm so glad to get to spend every other day with you. And I thought to myself, you know, there's a couple things like that I would like to have had more time to fix. But but I think my highest aim for the kids is like can you work together with other people? Can you be kids of great character who understand what it means to work as a team? Um, and love one another in the process. And and again, I say that that I think that answer came to me just from experiencing that yesterday and feeling like God was in the midst of it, so.
0: June, you've had 16 years of working professionally at Little Rock Christian Academy. Tell us about your highest aims for your students.
2: Uh, Obviously, I want them to know and value beauty in the world when they see and know that it's connected, like Melanie said, directly to the Creator. But I also want them to be able to identify their unique gifting and how God wired them for a specific purpose. And it may not have anything to do with my classes, and that's okay. But if they know what God's called them to do, and then they can take that to the world and live a passionate life for Him, that would be incredible if all of my students could do that.
0: Ms. Henry, your your book and your book staff won many awards over the years. And I think that it's a really neat place for students who um, might not see themselves as a uh, performer in the choir or the artist who paints a beautiful oil painting, but it is a place where a student can contribute to big things. And I will tell you, We have so many students who have graduated who come back and say, It was Miss Hendren. It was Miss Hendren who had that impact on my life. So, um, from the bottom of my heart and the hearts of many alums, we say thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, Miss B, Miss Buchanan, what are your highest aims for your students?
3: Well, you know, I I have lofty goals. Um, So, I think more than anything, everyone in this world is either a cultural builder. Or a cultural consumer or someone who's tearing down culture and i think my highest aim is that my students would go be culture builders and that when they you know because artists that's what we do we build the culture we build the imagery either in digital media or social media now or journalism film or in performing arts it's the the songs that we listen to on the radio and, and what we hear being produced and read and like all that stuff is the arts. And so I want my students to be good artists in whatever they do and that they're building something that's good and right and true. And they're not just tearing it down because we can't just tear down and expect, you know, expect it to fix itself once we've torn it down. No, you got to build something. Um, and then if they're going to be consumers only, which some of them will be i hope that they'll be really conscientious consumers that they'll they'll really think deeply about what they look at and what they listen to what they read what comes in and how they're going to interact with that um and just keep coming back to that question well is this true is this message really real or is somebody just trying to get me to buy something because most of the time somebody's just trying to get them to buy something
0: that's what we're all about is pointing our students to the good and the true and the beautiful on behalf of little rock christian academy we want to say thank you to our fine arts faculty um, and staff and leadership here here in warrior hall or what we like to call it the house of awe well thanks for tuning into warrior talk a podcast on the lives and stories in warriorville and as we like to say around here it's another great day to be a warrior